As you know, we are, if you've been coming to this uh, stream, that we have been looking at uh, this whole idea of when you get to the age of 16, 17, 18, um, you're about to hit some real life change. Um, and what we're trying to do is, as best we can, um, uh, kind of equip you or at least identify some of the issues that you're going to face and to help hopefully equip you to move into that next phase of your life. So at 16, you're actually old enough. You could leave school. You could go and get a job. Um, I imagine, how many of you are actually thinking about doing that at 16? You're thinking of going to work. No. So most every one of us is thinking of going into either some further education or something like that. Um, and how many of you are actually already planning to go to university? Just put your hands up if you're... Okay, lo- lots of you are planning to go to university. So we want to ensure that... When you do that, um, you are clear about your identity in God. Uh, you're clear about your life choices and you're making good decisions there. You know how to handle money. And this particular session we're looking at specifically is not going it alone. And you might be at that age where you are, you know, you're getting a bit tense with your parents and they're still telling you what to do and you're thinking, oh, I'm a big person now, you don't need to do that. Um, and there's a thing about independence, um, which all of us can feel, and there's a bit where that's healthy, but in reality, you will find very quickly the need for healthy relationships and a healthy environment that you need to be in. And um, I'll just say this. I went to something like New Day when I was at your age. New Day doesn't need to be a high point of your Christian life that one day you will look back on with fond but increasing distant memories rather it can be like a propeller that shoots you forward into the purposes of God and and that's what we want it to be for you that kind of propeller that really gets you going and it can be a place where you don't just find Jesus and you begin to change but but he begins to be formed in your life from now till the end of your life and you can keep going with him so um, I just want to give you one story. I was, uh, when I was around 14 uh, or 15, uh, there was a friend of mine um, who was in my tutor group at school called Lee. Now, Lee was the kind of guy that I didn't naturally hang around with, but we were in tutor group together. So, you know, when you tutor group, you just talk to the person who's in tutor group. So Lee and I um, would talk. And um, what I discovered, although Lee appeared geeky and nerdy and I wasn't going to hang around with him, Lee was a thief. He used to steal things. And I remember him telling me stories about how he used to steal things in such a way that I, I wanted to steal things. I wanted to join Lee in some of his escapades to, to nick stuff because he'd tell these stories and what he did. And, you know, he'd come away with, he would talk about, i got loads of sweets or whatever it was. So I remember on one occasion, and so I'm confessing here, I... I, I went with Lee uh, to carry out some stuff. And he had found a shop, and at the back of the shop was a shed. And in the shed, he said, that's where they keep all the sweets and all the, all the fizzy drinks and all that kind of stuff. So we went to the back of the shop, and um, Lee climbed over the fence, uh, got into the shed, got the stuff, handed it to me, and we came out. And you know when you walk... Um, we walked along the main road, and on the main road, we met, um, we saw a policeman. And at that moment, your, your, your heart sinks, I'm, I'm sweating, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I've not even begun the career. 
and I'm about to get caught. So I walked with these bottles in bags and I remember walking really slowly because I didn't want the bottles to sort of clink, clink. And clearly the policeman wasn't looking for us and he let, he let us go. So I was like, oh my goodness. Anyway, thinking that I was brave, I tried something on my own. So uh, I, I did do this. And around the corner from my school, there was a co-op. And I remember going into co-op during this period of time and, uh, and I, yeah, I don't know why I'm confessing here at New Day. And I took some sweets, yeah? And I don't know why I'm confessing this at New Day, but I took some sweets and I took, this is what you did in those days. We took some sweets that we were going to buy and then we took some sweets that we were going to nick. That's what, that's what. Anyway, I was with my friends and my friends saw, because I wasn't a very good thief, that I was about to get caught. So they went outside and they were like rolling on the floor laughing and I'm standing there and I, I have that same feeling where I'm thinking, do you know what, I think I'm about to get caught. And the shop, shop assistants come into me and they came to me, took the sweets and thankfully they, just, they like just sent me out and banned me from the shop. And I was like, okay, I can take that, I can take a banning from the shop. After that, I realised that, do you know what, I'm not going to be a very good thief Someone like Lee is not going to be a very good influence on my life. And so it never went any further. And thankfully, I've I've never stolen, you know, after that. It never happened again. But how do you ensure you live righteously? How do you ensure that you have a sustainable and fruitful Christian life? That's, That's the question. You don't do it by hanging around with Lee's. And this is what it says in Psalm chapter 1. Just going to read a few verses. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. In order to live the kind of life that you want, this passage gives a really, really simple answer. What you mustn't do. It tells us what we mustn't do, and that is this. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't walk with people who you know are bad. Don't stand among people that you know are doing wrong. And don't hang around people that don't take life uh, too seriously. Don't do that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, bad company corrupts good character. So right now, you might be a good person, um, and you might do all the right things, and you might love God, but if you put yourself among bad company, it will corrupt you. It will change you. And this passage tells us that. Blessed is the man who doesn't do those things. And then it says, but his delight is in the law of of the Lord. So don't hang around with certain kinds of people. Don't put yourself in that place. What do you do? You delight and meditate on the Lord. Seek first his kingdom. You put God first. And then what it says is really interesting. If you do that, if you do that, if you put yourself in the good place, you will be like a tree planted. You will be firmly planted. You will be fruitful. And it says you will be prosperous. If you put yourself in the right environment and you surround yourself with the right people, healthy relationships, you will grow 
and you will eventually flourish. Yeah, That is what will happen. You won't need to try at those things. That is what will happen to you if you do that. And, and I promise you that's true. That would be my experience. The right environment, the right people, and you grow and you flourish. What we're going to do is just set in that scene of, 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 of don't go it alone, always find those things, is I'm going to interview now three people who are a little older than you, but not much older than you. They're in their 20s. And, uh, okay, one of them's 30. Uh, and he's a bit worried about that, but um, he'll survive. He'll survive. What we're going to do is we're going to interview them um, and just look at how have they navigated this journey from being 16, 17, 18 to getting into their 20s, to leaving home, to working, to keeping faith, to making friends, to joining church, all those things that are coming up, how have they managed to do that? So we're going to interview them. So can we welcome Lucy? Lucy, I need you to sit here. John, you sit in the middle, and Yaz in the end. Let's give them a round of applause. Okay, yeah, so Lucy, if you can take the mic. Okay, so the first question, uh, which I'm just going to ask all three of you just to try and set the scene. Um, can each of you just in turn explain, you know, where you live, what you're doing in life right now, and what you're doing at New Day this year? Hi, everyone. My name's Lucy. Um, I'm 27 years old. Let's just clear up the ages right now. Um, and um, I live in London. I live in North London. And I work as a civil servant. So I work... Everyone's like, ooh, that must mean she's a spy. I'm not a spy. Um, I work for the Department for International Trade, um, uh, serving our ministers and making sure they know what to say and what not to say. Um, that was one of our new government departments that was started last July after this country voted to leave the EU. So it's been a busy year. Um, at New Day, I... Um, uh, serve on Owen's management team and I oversee seminars and um, all sorts of other things around venues um, and some of the pastoral care things as well that happen on site. So um, I've been to New Day since I was 14, uh, the very first New Day, um, and I've been here ever since. Okay. So, John. Hi, everyone. I'm John. Um, I am the one who's 30. Thank you. Come on. 30 is a great age. Um, I actually work in the advertising industry. I work for an agency called Saatchi and Saatchi. Um, I make TV ads, basically. Um, Who have you met, John? Just tell one or two people you met. I've met a couple of people. I told them all the other day. I met Usain Bolt, which is pretty cool. Um, I had to fly over to Germany one day for a photo shoot. Turned up, Usain Bolt's there, and he's massive and cool and really lovely. Um, which was good. Met some other cool people, but yeah, it's a good job. Um, but I'm, I've got two more weeks of that job, and then I've quit um, because I'm going to study theology in Canada. So me and my wife were going to move to Vancouver, um, and I'm going to do a master's in theology uh, for two years at a place called Regent. And I am helping at New Day with the Brixton Beacon Church uh, youth. So that mob that walk around, I'm trying to keep them under wraps. Hi, everyone. My name's Yasmin. Uh, I'm 23, and I live in Blackpool at the moment. It's far away, all the way up north. 
Um, originally from London. And I work in a school in Blackpool. I do all the data and exams stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, so Lucy, let's get uh, straight in with a couple of questions. Um, yeah. You grew up in a strong Christian environment. Many of these folk uh, may also do that. How did you make the faith you grew up with your own once you left home? Um, great question. Um, so, as I said, I started coming to New Day when I was 14. Um, I first remember making a commitment to following Jesus when I was three, um, which may sound absurd, but I do remember exactly where I was, and I asked Jesus to be my friend. Um, that's all I understood. I understood that he was someone that wanted to be my friend, and at three, I thought having another friend was quite a good idea. So um, I did that, and then when I, um, I kind of grew up in church, um, did loads of kids' work stuff, and then came to New Day as a teenager, and just God blew my mind when I came here and I thought, wow, there are other Christians my age. Um, I was in a school where I was the only Christian in my year. That might be your experience as well, or you might be one of very few. Um, and then at 17, I actually said to God, I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to walk away from you. This is it. I'm in it for life. That's it. Um, and the following year, I went to university. And uh, that was a bit like leaving home. I'm I'm one of four kids. We're not kids anymore. Um, one of them has a kid. So um, we're, we're getting older. Um, and we're all Christians. So I'd grown up in this really tight-knit family. We all followed Jesus. And suddenly I was on my own. I was going off to uni and I didn't know really what making my faith my own without my family was going to be like. So um, what I prioritized was finding a church where I could um, really get to know more about God and meet other Christians my age. And in the end, went to a church I didn't expect to go to when I went to university. Um, I went to university in Cambridge, and I went to a church where there were about 250 other university students, and that was amazing to me, to actually be around other Christians my age, and just started forming friendships that I knew um, were going to go deeper than any other Christian friendships I'd ever had. And um, my closest friend probably is still the person I met on my first day at university. And we met and we had a conversation for about two hours. And then um, that evening we walked off to go back to uh, have a cup of tea, as you do. And um, she said, oh, wait, I just need to find my church. And we had this moment of being like, you're a Christian. I'm a I'm a Christian too, and uh, we'd, uh, we've been friends ever since, and we have a friendship where we're totally honest with each other, and that's what keeps my faith real, is those relationships that I have. Okay, Lucy, I'm going to ask you one more question. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed about you, just over the, the few years I've, noti- uh, I've known you, is you're very intentional about those relationships, and you're very intentional about building relationships that benefit you, Um, How have you gone about identifying and keeping those going? Yeah, I have some great mentors, and I'd highly recommend them. Um, Mentors of all shapes and sizes. Uh, I think uh, I've uh, basically put myself in positions where I can work with people that I admire. 
um, and there might be just certain traits. Um, a couple of those that I've found at New Day. So um, I'd really recommend staying at New Day and coming along to serve when you're old enough because they're where I've, that, this is the place I've found some of those best uh, and strongest mentors. And the way I've gone about finding them is just identifying someone I think, I like that about your character. I don't want to be you, but I would like to be like you. Um, and then just found an opportunity to serve alongside them. So rather than saying to them, can we you know, meet up for a coffee and take their time, I've just said, actually, I'd love to just draw alongside you, serve alongside you, learn from you. Um, and I'd also say that they're, they're quite different. So I don't just choose the same kind of person. I don't choose people that are just like me. Uh, I choose people that are maybe going to challenge me and push me to be a little bit more uh, risky in where I'm going or will call out things in my character that I could do with changing. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, John. Hi. uh, You've been working for like a few years now. Uh, How do you handle money, John? Um, Very well. (laughs) Um, No, I think it's fair to say when you first get a job, um, it's the most amount of money you've ever had, right? So before your parents give you money, whatever or you get money however you get it, you get your first job, and you, you suddenly got more money than you realise, you know, you don't know what to do with this amount of money. And, you know, when you get to 30, you will have earned, uh, as, you know, hopefully, maybe a bit more. But the principles are always the same, right? So I had good people around me that modelled generosity, um, and generosity is one of those things that really helps um, keep money in its place, in your life, um, and so when that's modelled well for you, when you earn your first pay packet or whatever, um, I would encourage you to think about biblical principles with money, so um, about giving, about generosity, um, and and it helps you when you earn a little bit to when you earn slightly more, and um, that's kind of all throughout my career, I've kind of been consistent with that, and it's helped money stay in its place, because, you know, you get when you get to 30, you'll earn a lot more than you did when you were 17, 18. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, you've been involved in local churches, John. Um, how would you say being involved has benefited you the most? And how did you decide which church to join when you left your, the church you grew up in? Yeah. Um, so can I answer the second one first? Okay. So I, I, the reason... I think when you decide which church to join, there are a few really fundamental things, and there are a few things that are a bit more kind of aesthetic. So fundamental things are, is it a church, right? Do they believe in the Bible? Do they love Jesus? Is their theology right? And I think um, that's really important that you do that. And, And if you go to a good church now you will be able to know from people in your church that they will be able to recommend churches for you. So if you're going to a university in a certain place, I would, you know, recommendations from people that you know is really important. Um, and then I think also um, culture is, re- is important, but it's less important. So do the foundations first of theology, the teaching in that church. Um, is, you know, is it a church? And then things like, you know, are... are there's people of my demographic there is important because there will be people that you can connect with um are you know the music and stuff like that really you know if you can't engage in a certain type of environment then it's it's going to be difficult for you so 
Um, I think when I decided, when I, I moved from my home church to Brixton, um, I had a recommendation. So my brother knew someone who went to the church and he said that they're sound, they're really good. Um, I didn't church shop. You know how you can do that? You can go and go, look, there's like five churches in the area. I'm going to go to each one for a couple of weeks and see which one really fits my needs. Um, I didn't do that. I kind of realized that the foundations were there. I realized that there would be people there. And there were lots of things missing, you know, things that you, you kind of want it to be a certain, you've got an expectation of church. Um, but there is something um, good about resolving to be at a local church and committing to it despite its flaws. Because, you know, you will spend your life trying to find the perfect church. Um, but actually, you are the church, right? So you go there and you contribute to it. So, yeah. Thank you. Yasmin, can we move on to Yaz? Um, so, Yaz, um, two or three years ago, when you were at university, you sensed God was calling you to join the church plant in Blackpool. Just talk us through the, the process that you went through to make that decision. Yeah, so I was in my second year of university and um, there was a couple in my church. I went to Lancaster University um, and there was a couple in my church and they said one week um, we're going to church plant in Blackpool. And I didn't really know them uh, and I was like, oh, that's really cool on the Sunday. Didn't really think anything of it. Uh, the following Friday, God actually spoke to me very vividly in a dream. Uh, hasn't done before, hasn't done since, but... Um, in the dream, basically, the conclusion was, you're to go to Blackpool. Uh, and I woke up quite stressed, quite panicked, um, and I called that guy, <laughs> who's also my dad, um, and spoke to him about the dream and what I should do. And he gave me some really good advice to say, just, you know, don't tell many people, just pray about it, because God will show you that if it's the right decision, that there'll be things which will make it obvious so I did that, which was hard, because um, obviously you want to tell people. But it became obvious through prayer and through waiting that it was the right decision. God had to kind of really put um, other people who were going to some, like, really valued friendships. You know, he gave me someone to live with. He um, strengthened my relationship with Ben and Jen. Um, and also I realized that even though I'm from London, that may seem like there's loads of opportunities in London, actually Blackpool was kind of giving me more opportunities to potentially, you know, in, in work. I don't think I could get the job I had now in London just because of the competition and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it became obvious. And so I think listening to advice was the key, the key thing there. Okay, so second question for you, Yaz. How have you been able to maintain your your gospel witness through the years uh, from being at school to being at university and being at work there's this kind of common thread you're, where you always seem to tell people about Jesus so how have you been able to to do that yeah I, I do love to tell people about Jesus um, <laughs> uh, I think the main thing is I've always really incorporated Jesus into every aspect of my life um, so at university, it's like really from the onset, I'm telling people, you know, oh, I'm thinking of joining the CU, looking for a church. Um, and I've never compartmentalized my faith. So it wasn't like Jesus was over there and my kind of other life was over there. It was all in one, which is really releasing because then the people you're around, they 
just learned to accept that. And so even when I, like, messed up, they would know that actually you know, the gospel, the foundation of it is about grace and Yasmin has a relationship with Jesus. And because I was so open about that, you don't get the whole, oh, Yasmin's a bit of a hypocrite because I'm really honest. Like, actually, you know, I mess up. Um, And it's really easy as well to invite people to church as well when you just incorporate it. I remember one time uh, I went out in Lancaster for my birthday, went out clubbing, and then I made everyone, we went for breakfast next day and my church met in the afternoon, which is helpful. But there was about 15, you know, people who were just not churched at all, and they all came to church with me for my birthday. <laughs> um, and so just stuff like that, just, yeah, the opportunities. Um, yeah, in my school right now, it's been quite... It's had a few challenges and things like that, and so just being really open about, I'm a Christian, I'm praying for this, is, yeah, just things like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's great. That's really good. Um, so I'm just going to ask you all just one more question. I'm sure many people here, they're leaving school um, and college with dreams and desires. Uh, did you? And how have you married up those dreams and desires with your actual reality? So, Yaz, why don't we start with you and we'll come back. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I definitely left school with dreams and desires. And I still have dreams and desires. And even though Blackpool is going well, it's definitely not easy. And I think for you guys, a lot of you, it seemed like the next step is university, which is it's great. It is definitely the next step. You move home. But at the same time, you're still very much protected in the university bubble. It's that next step where you move into work, where I think I got the real shock of all right, this is my life, these are the decisions I've made, are they right, what am I doing here, kind of thing. Um, But actually, I think, for me, it's been absolutely throwing everything I have into where I am at the moment and trusting in God. And so I don't, I try not to live with this amazing future picture of where I want to be in 10 years because it's not helpful. Actually, I want to be the best person I can be right now and I think that that's what God's called me to do and and that's what I can do Um, and that's fully my responsibility. I don't need to depend on... uh, Yeah, I don't need to kind of think of some dream which will make me happy. If only this would happen, then I'd be happy but actually to be content and to try my best with with where I am now. That's very good, very good. John, so leaving school with dreams and desires, how have you married that up with your reality? Um. I think the first thing to say is trying to distinguish my own dreams and desires with what God has planned for me, his dreams and desires. And so I think sometimes you can try and put spiritual language upon your own dreams and desires. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, you get angry at God when it's not really God's plan for you. And, and um, so I think that's, that's really key, just trying to find God's heart. And it. it talks about in James about... Um, don't say you're going to go into this town and that town and make loads of money, but rather say if the Lord wills it, you know. And uh, I think it's really important to find your what God wants for your life and try to run after that because I just want to say God doesn't disappoint us. Like if you, like I'm 30, right, and so I grew up in youth groups and the momentum was there and everyone was like, we're going to be world changers. Um, and I, I've come to realize that, you know, not everyone is going to have a global impact, but you can have an eternal impact, which is actually greater. 
Um, and so you may not change the world necessarily. Um, God may need you to change someone's world. Um, and so if you preach the gospel to an individual, you've changed the destination of that person's eternity. That's huge. That's huge. And that's, um, so I think just I've gone on a journey of trying to understand God's will for my life. Um, God really hasn't disappointed me at all. Um, and, um, yeah. Thanks, John. Well done. That's good. Lucy. Great. Um, I definitely echo everything that John and Yaz have said, but I have my own answer as well, which is um, when I was your age, I thought by 27 I'd definitely be married, probably be at least thinking about having kids, and I'm still single, which is uh, I've had to, to a certain degree, deal with the disappointment around that. But so much more than that, I think God has taken what at 15, 16 for me was quite a small kind of dream for the future, something I thought, I kind of thought it fitted the mold. I thought it was what was expected of me. Um, and I thought there was really only one route to take. And if I deviated from that, then somehow I'd failed in life. And actually what I've learned is that God's plan for me is so much bigger and so much more specific. And I can honestly say, looking back, and I know hindsight is a wonderful thing, um, I've had way more fun. I've done way more exciting things. I've been put in positions of influence and had an impact in areas that I may not otherwise have been able to have if I'd said to God, you know what, God, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And at every point along the way, the thing that's been the theme for me is I've just given everything up to him. And I've just said, your will be done. I'm all yours. I'm all in. And I'm all for eternity. So, you know, this life is actually, in the context of eternity, really quite short. So I will do whatever you want me to do and go wherever you want me to go and be in whatever relationships you want me to be in whatever period I'm here on this earth. Let's give them all a round of applause. It's great answers. Okay, there's a lot to think about there, and we're going to have an opportunity in a moment just to, res- just to respond. Um, for some of you, I think, I think there's a couple of things that I've felt for some of you. So, some of us might just need to rethink about relationships and environments. Uh, that maybe right now you're not in a helpful, there might be some of your relationships that are not helpful. Uh, think about that passage in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who doesn't do certain things. Um, and some of you, maybe you're in environments that are not helpful. Um, and how do I know an environment's not helpful? It's, uh, I might be in an environment where I'm thinking... Uh, I want to be a witness. I want to tell people about Jesus. But in reality, the environment is pulling me away from him. That environment's not helpful. No matter how laudable your thoughts might be, it's not helpful. So some of you might need to just think about your relationships and your environments. And New Day's a wonderful opportunity for you to rethink that. Where am I in relation to those? Are there some relationships I need to move away from when I get back home from here? And then the second thing I... I feel, is that others of you, you just need to resolve in your own heart that you are going to invest in your own relationship with God uh, and, your own, and you're going to commit yourself to, the, to a local church to do that. And uh, Lucy described at 17, God, I'm all in with you. And it doesn't matter what else comes, I'm all in with you. 
And some of you just need to, you kind of make that decision in your heart. Nothing might change on the outside. It's not that you suddenly feel really happy, clappy. But, but, but in your heart, you've resolved, I'm in for God. I'm 16, 17, 18. I'm about to, my life's going to change. But whatever those changes are, I'm in for God.